Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Washington football team nation, what is going on? Tough playoff loss, but the key word in that sentence is playoffs. <laughs> and um, great season, uh, great game for that matter. And I'm definitely content with the results. Todd, how you feeling? Yeah, you said it, man. Uh, playoff is the key word, and it was a fun game. I was watching it with you know some friends and. Not all of them are actually most of them aren't Washington football fans. Not all of them are even football fans. They're more basketball guys, but we're watching it and we're all getting up and running around and Heineke's running and scrambling and avoiding the blitz and making these beautiful throws. It was a fun game, at least. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a 28 to or 35 to 7 at halftime Steelers Browns game. And and it being on the national stage, which all playoff games were, but being the primetime game on the on the biggest stage, the team really earned respect. You know, they marched in there with their fourth string quarterback, and he he was he was he was battling Tom Brady. And if you get one less touchdown given up by the defense, you got a chance to win it. So I thought that uh, they earned respect. Heineke was outstanding. We're gonna talk about him. As you know, this episode is brought to you by Hot Chicken Kitchen, Woodbridge, Virginia. Now that the season is over, you have much more time on your hands. Go to Hot Chicken Kitchen and try out some of their Nashville-style chicken, and you will love it. Let's talk about Taylor Heineke for a moment, Tay. He was, and let me pull up his stat line. I'm pretty sure it was 26 for 46, 22 for 46, but I might as well just pull it up here. 26 for 44. Okay, I was close. 26 for 44, 306 yards, seven yards play, touchdown interception. That was obviously tipped, two sacks, and then 63 QBR, 78 rating, and a 92 grade from Pro Football Focus. What I've been trying to just remember it and, and really trying to think hard about it. But the way he played, regardless of the quarterback play we'd seen this year in Washington, for him to come in as a fourth string sign just a few weeks ago against the Buccaneers defense that blitzes 40% of the time, top defense in the NFL, not against the pass so much, but still a good defense to come out and perform like that is pretty incredible. And then add in the, the AC joint for most of the fourth quarter. 
it was actually truly incredible tape. Like it was, it was really, really special. And if they would have yeah. won, it would have been even more special. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think it was just enough to to be content. Like from for the you know, I I mm. think you know, like you said with the Steelers game, how it easily could have been. If if you look at all the pundits, they would all said it, that that should have been the result of our game. You know, twenty eight. Uh, 35 7 halftime you know but no these guys played and and, and Heineke was a big reason for that uh, you could just tell how the team rallied around him how he knew the offense and not only that it was just comforting knowing that when the ball is out of the screen that it's going to be a catch and not a pick <laughs> right 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 like <laughs> you have confidence <laughs> when the ball is being thrown that like yes. something good is about to happen <laughs> yes <laughs> Like nine Seriously? times out of ten, every single time, like he threw a mid-level pass, it was completed, and and the person was either wide open or like it was just a heck I mean, of a the, pass. You could like the. I feel like touch has been such a key word this year, and we're not talking about like you know an R and B song, like <laughs> touch it, like it's been missing so much, and and a large part of that is from what we've seen from Dwayne Haskins for six weeks or you know, six, six weeks, half a game where it was like, where's the touch, throw the ball. But it was like the opposite. It was like Taylor Heineke is the antithesis of that. For one, he definitely doesn't have the arm strength Dwayne Haskins has now. I don't really care about arm strength as long as you can make the throws, but it, it was every throw. It felt confident because you could tell he wasn't just trying to throw it as hard and as fast as he could. You could see him, his brain working, calculating at what rate, at what velocity, at what angle this ball needs to be thrown to get to its target. It clearly was, it was not a get this ball there right now. It was a, all right, let's go. Like throwing it boop, over the defender, underneath the other defender. It was, I mean, it was, it was something that we have not experienced in a long time today, which is sad, <laughs> which is pretty sad. But at the same time, it was really good. I mean, dude, the, the touchdown throw to Steven Sims was phenomenal. There was a, another throw along the sideline to Steven Sims. He threw with heavy pressure. Phenomenal. The catches were phenomenal, too. All those Sims. Those Stevens. And, okay, not, not, look, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, they were some good catches. There were, there were obviously issues with drops. I'll, I'll say this, and look, I'm still a big Cam Sims guy. I still think he has potential. I still think he should be on the roster as a maybe fourth option. But that first throw that Heineke threw should have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted it and probably should stop talking about it because it will just make people mad. But I'm telling you, Tay, and I'm not making an excuse for Cam Sims because even still he should have caught it. But it should have been a touchdown because he should have never stopped running. And when I look at that play, I think it's they it's it's designed to be cover three. They ran cover four, but it was busted by the by the Bucks. But Steven Sims all year, anytime he's run this route, this seam route, he's not getting the ball, Tay. They all, all, it's been 16 games and really no matter who's that quarterback, especially Haskins and, and then Alex, especially when he got hurt, you know, I'm not getting this ball, mm-hmm. you know, I'm running it. And then I'm stopping at about 15 yards. There's an underneath crosser. I think it was Antonio Gibson running a shallow cross. That's where the ball's going. And these vertical routes, pushing the defenders back and sure. He's supposed to read high to low. Probably he's supposed to read the safety and maybe throw it in the window, but he's not going to do that. He's going to check it down to Antonio Gibson. We're going to get 10 yards. That's why he that's why he stopped on his route. I'm not making an excuse, I'm just explaining mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's not Taylor Heineke. 
and the fact the Bucks busted the coverage. So what you would see is a receiver run 20, 25 yards full speed and then slow down like the play's probably over, right? Look back, play's over. He ran about 15 and he stopped. If he gives that 20, 25 and he's looking back, the ball's in the air and it's in stride and it's a touchdown. And that sucks, but that kind of speaks to quarterback play and just like how when you have a quarterback who you know is going to make certain throws, you're going to play a certain way. And when you know he's not going to make certain throws, you're not going to play a certain way. And so Taylor Heineke was a microcosm, a great example of what this team needs week in and week out. Give me a guy who can play the way Taylor Heineke played 12 out of 16 games a year and then in the postseason. It was phenomenal, and I'm just happy that he made it fun. He deserves a shot to compete for a spot next year. We're not handing him the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> you know, like, you can't do that after one game. Also, there are some injury concerns with him. But by all means, if, if you, you know, even if you draft a guy in the first round and then, you know, you let them compete battle, first-rounder doesn't necessarily need to start immediately, especially if you're talking like Trey Lance. And then Heineke starts week one next year. I'm not mad about that. I'm fine. I want to see more of him. Mm-hmm. I wish he could have played the six games that Dwayne played. So I just, I mean, his performance was really outstanding. It was, it was unprecedented. Yeah, I think this season couldn't have gone any perfect for Ron pertaining the quarterback situation because if you think about it, you went through all, all three quarterbacks. All three plus one plus a bonus quarterback. Plus a bonus. A free bonus. <laughs> you know, a free bonus, and <laughs> not the, none of the three are your franchise quarterback, but yeah, you got a chance to see it. That's that's and that's that's like a huge point. You got a chance to see it. Had, and then yeah. on top of that, you made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you had that fourth guy come in that gave you a glimpse of what it could really, really be like. Right. Get that quarterback. And I think that's this is going to help Ron sell his pitch, which shouldn't be needed, to Dan Snyder. And I really believe that this year we will come out of this year with a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Um and that, like a goal for this year was to know if, if, if you have a guy, obviously Alex is not the guy, but you know, Dwayne was the main one. I got to know if he is or he isn't. Then let's see Kyle Allen. I mean, yeah. Ron said yesterday that like, and let me, let me, I would like to really just read it. I'd rather read it, but he basically, he said that, you know, we got to find our quarterback. That's, that's, a, that's the priority in the off season, which, you know, we, we know, but it's still good to hear him kind of say that, um, and that's a success to have to have improved having played four different quarterbacks and in 17 games had four different quarterbacks start a game. But to have improved is it's it's absolutely impressive. Mm-hmm. And you look at back some of the earlier games and we're going to go game by game as we review. Um, and we just don't know what better quarterback play would have done in those games where you yeah. where you was 20 to nothing at halftime against the Cardinals. We don't know what better quarterback play play right. would have done there. Um, the, the, uh, okay. So the defense against the Buccaneers just really struggled. I just, they just, they just really struggled. Uh, they start, they got pressure early and then it kind of stopped, you know, the pressure up the middle that you needed mm-hmm. was not really there. Payne had two sacks. He had his performance, solid performance, but the consistent pressure versus the two sacks, you know, or for the whole line, yeah. which led to, you know, Mike Evans, who Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, would you say this was probably the the best or second best receiving group they've played against Seattle being Seattle and Arizona being the other two. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans was, I wish, he, I wish he hadn't have played. I wish he had, yeah. I wish his knee was bothering him more. He made a big difference. <laughs> um, 
and they really they understood how to take advantage of the matchups uh, over the middle with the linebackers or with the safety or really a slot corner like Cameron Brait and Jimmy Moreland was not working for Washington. Mm-hmm. You're just playing against a really good quarterback. You know, I feel like that's a lot of what it came down to. Um, and they brought a lot of pressure, which has been their MO. And it just, it just wasn't really working. And the, the coverage was not holding up on the back end. The drive to me that really made the difference was when they scored to go up 28 to 16, when it was, it was 21 to 16. Cause if you can get a stop there, at least hold them to a field goal there, go to 24 to 16. And then you get the ball back, and that was when the Steven Sims touchdown happened. Maybe yeah. you go for two and you get it and tie it up. Yeah. That touchdown was the one you really couldn't afford to have, and there was a couple 20-yard yeah. plays in that one. Yeah. So, I mean, defensively, it was their worst performance since the Lions game, which was week 10. And I think it was just the quarterback and the receivers they were playing against. And you go back to week 10, and Matthew Stafford is, is, a, is a very good quarterback. And so that's an area where they need to shore it up is when they're playing against – you know, you need to be able to dominate against – the bad or average ones because that's mm-hmm. most of what you're playing but it's when you play the really good ones that you got to still be able to do that yeah and i think a lot of it has to do with linebacker man that linebacker spot once we yeah. get that short up i think that's going to be a game changer i agree and i and you look at the um free agent options and there are some and who knows who will resign or whatnot but kj Wright with the seahawks is you know becoming available as a free agent and uh there's some other names uh, milano and uh what was that Check Thompson. Yeah, Thompson. And so uh, there will be options. And I'm sh- I think that they will be aggressive because, you know, Ron and, and Jack Del Rio, aside from having said it, played linebacker. Ron had his Keekly understood how important it is. So I think that's I think that's right up there with uh, quarterback for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, defensively. Yeah. And then the other main thing, Tay, just the absolutely horrible, horrible game by the referees. Just yeah. horrible. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not considering to say that I think the referees are, you know, trying to see Tom Brady against the Saints or whatever, but if there was ever a case for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the things that were called and the things that weren't. The holding on Sheriff on a third and seven scramble for a first down where that was the most ticky-tacky call. And if you compare that to some of the calls Washington didn't get on the other side, yeah. is, is, is a problem. Yeah. You look at the, the touchback that should not have been a touchback, just so we're clear, and we can hate on Troy Apke, but that should not have been ruled a touchback, okay? The rule applies when you get the ball and you're going to the end zone trying to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Once you have the ball and you think it may have been touched, but you have possession and then you run 10 more yards into the end zone because you think the play is not over, that's not a touchback. The play yeah. is over. He took 10, 20 steps to the end zone. Yeah, the play no is over. Know, the play crazy. is over. Now, Apke should have also known you can't advance that anyway. Mm-hmm. I'd like for him to know that if, 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 the, if the returner muffs it and you recover it, you can't advance it. But even still, that, no, that should not have been a touchback. Mm-hmm. If, you, if the returner fumbles it, if he gets it and then fumbles it, you can advance okay, it. Okay. But if it touches him and you get it, you can't advance that. I'm 99 Because I'm sure. like Steve Sims, man. <laughs> yeah. <every> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that one, it's where it's, where it's recovered his spot. So, But still, gotcha. the refs, that should have been five-yard line or so instead of the 20. And then at the last drive, J.D. McKissick, that was a catch fumble. That was not an incompletion. Caught, yeah. took two steps, turned up field. Come on. Um. And the I mean, Steve Sims catch, they trying to take that from us too. They were, man. they were, they spent twenty minutes reviewing that. <laughs> twenty minutes reviewing Tom that. Was, Tom was working the refs the whole time. Yes, 
if that was Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, that they don't even look at it. No, nope. you know. And then I mean, I, to me, there was a slide or two, or by um Heineke where he got hit. There was a face mask. I'm pretty sure they missed. Yeah, uh, someone yeah. kind of brushed the face mask. So. And then I, and I haven't even looked at really all the potential because if they call that one on Sheriff, then I got to look back and see all the potential ones they could have called because they were mm-hmm. there. That was a big play, too. It was 37. Mm-hmm. He scrambled and got to the 40, Tampa 40. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think that was when they were down 21 to 16, maybe. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. Instead, third and 17, you end up having to punt. So yeah. it's just that's look, the defense needs to play better. There was drops in the first half that were an issue. And the interception on on a tip pass where Jaden McKissick just really couldn't get enough of the linebacker blitz of the a gap. That's unfortunate. Like the tip ball is more than anything. Unfortunate that it would mm-hmm. go right there. Like how many of those get tipped, but don't go right to where defenders, yeah, no. but the referees, it just makes it really annoying. But at the end of the day, Tay, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the guys. I'm happy for them because they, they have no reason to, to leave the locker room this year with their heads down. Yeah. I keep telling myself anything is possible. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. But the odds are very, very low that they were going to make it to the Super Bowl, right? Like yeah. anything's possible. But this year, yeah. the odds are low this year, right? They, so they they competed and they fought hard and they came back from a two and seven record to a seven and nine record, all while playing some really bad quarterbacks. Um, you know where I stand. I think if Dwayne Haskins hadn't played Seattle and uh, and uh, uh, Carolina, that they win those. So they were mm-hmm. really in position to go nine and eight and eight, nine and seven or better. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm perfectly content with the year, and now they're picking 19th, and I think they'll be. I think they'll have an opportunity to get a guy if they want him bad enough. Those are my. So what thoughts. do you think? So what do you think? Knowing that Ron's said the comments that he made uh, pertaining to talking to Dan about the importance of getting a franchise quarterback, what do you think is the first option, second option, third option? Okay, so and I'm gonna do a video and put it on uh, Twitter too because. I was saying this. I know I said this to you, Ted. I think we got to start getting our faces out there more so that I just think that's valuable for people to see our faces. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start start doing some videos. But all right, here, this is this is in my mind, in my opinion. This is how I anticipate it going. Okay. I think option A for Ron, let's say, let's say the decision makers, Ron, Kyle, and then Scott, obviously nobody wants. I think option A is to try to acquire a a franchise starting quarterback via draft based on the ones that will be, I'm not via draft via trade by a trade based on the veterans that may be available. That's Matthew Stafford, who I think will be traded. Uh, that's potentially maybe Derek Carr. Okay. That's, you know, probably not, but potentially Deshaun Watson, like don't hold your breath, but that sort of thing, that arena, um, you know, I, Dak Prescott, who I think will resign with the Cowboys, uh, Carson Wentz, who would not be traded to Washington anyway, so don't have to worry about that, I don't think. But just that arena, whatever those options are, I think that they are going to look at those first. I think they're going to reach out to those teams, see what's happening, try to get some info. I think that's their option A. Mm-hmm. I think they'd like to get, in my this is my opinion, to get a veteran, but a legit veteran in here, unquestioned starter, no competition, uh, your guy. Right. There's no guarantee that'll happen, though, because – there's going to be other teams in the mix. There's no guarantee cars getting traded. Watson, there's no guarantee that Dak's becoming available. There's, there's still no guarantee that Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan's another one who I think is the most likely. I don't know. I don't want Matt Ryan. And I don't know if they want Matt Ryan because Ron's played against Matt Ryan for years. He's also going to be 36. So I think Matt yeah. Ryan would be lower on the list, save for a little asterisk where they go that route and still draft. But just that example, I think is option A, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
I think option B is, okay, well, we missed out on those guys or, or those guys, only one of them became available, got traded to the 49ers, whatever. And so then I think then they're looking at, let me pull up my list here. Um, well, let's sign a mid-level, a starter. Mid-level, though, who has won games but who is not, who is not a franchise quarterback. A Brissett, a Trubisky, a Jameis Winston, a Tyrod Taylor, a Fitzpatrick, and an Andy Dalton, something like that group. This is I'm not done with Plan B. <laughs> I think Plan B is sign one of those guys. One because Kyle Allen is still recovering from an injury; he may not be ready mm-hmm. for OTAs, may not be ready for minicamp. Uh, Alex Smith, I do not anticipate being back here. Taylor Heineke, I anticipate being back, but you need quarterbacks. I think Plan B is sign one of them while also looking at the draft now. If you miss out on option A, we sign a mid-level guy for competition, for depth, and potentially to start, but we're putting our eyes on the draft now, and we're saying, all right, well, we're looking at, you know, we're looking at Trey Lance. We're looking at Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. We're still looking at Justin Fields and and Zach Wilson and seeing if a trade-up option, if they slide, whatever it may be, looking at the first and second round guys and saying we're going to sign a veteran mid-level, we're going to bring back Kyle Allen, bring back Taylor Heineke, and we're going to draft a guy. That's plan B. I think plan C is A and B don't work. And so we're rolling with this mid-level guy, Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke. I think plan C is a failure because plan A and B didn't work out. But I think that between the A and B plans, you should be able to get a veteran franchise or a rookie guy. That's my thoughts on what I anticipate happening. And when you look at the timeline and how things have to transpire, that would make sense. The trades can start really now. You can agree to a trade now. It won't go through until about March 13th. You can agree Mm -hmm. to a trade now for a staffer, for a car, whatever. Free agency hits on that. You know, by then, if you haven't, if you haven't been able to agree to a trade right around that time when all that stuff will really be happening and you're looking at bringing in a free agent, then the draft is until the end of April. So timeline wise, it would make sense to look for trade for veteran, sign veteran, draft rookie. That's my opinion. Okay. So is it possible that, Turner has a list of about three quarterbacks that he truly wants, and he sent it to Ron and said, hey, Watson, just figuratively speaking, Watson, Fields, and uh, Prescott. I'm just throwing three names out there. These three guys are three guys that I – sorry, not Prescott, Wilson. Hmm. These four guys – I absolutely want any sins that list to Ron. Do you think it's possible that Ron is valuing that? He has a, you know, how he said with Gibson, how he had a playbook set. He had plays set all already for him. He has plays set off for these four quarterbacks. He sends it to Ron and said, get me one, get me one of these four quarterbacks. And he, and, and, his, and he gives that list to Dan Snyder. Is it possible that you could see a big, big trade? I, that will warrant you getting one of those four quarterbacks. I'm I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because I think for one, Ron is like Scott is running the offense. Like Ron knows offense too, and he's a, he's a good coach. But he's Scott knows what he wants, what he needs. Um, and I think he's done a pretty good job of using guys. Obviously, there's improvement to be made, but I I do think so. Like Scott is, is clearly part of that. Like they're not going to just get a guy and say, here, Scott, work with them. No, Scott's a part of that. So I think Scott is talking to Ron. I think that they're having these postseason conversations now. And however it's done, it's, uh, all right, well, 
you know, the, 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 the draft guys are looking at the quarterbacks and, and they're, you know, Scott's looking at him, Ron's looking at him, but saying, I like this guy and this guy, um, you know, Matthew Stafford, we're making a list of potential veterans in the, in the free agent, you know, trade market and saying, these are the guys that I really think could, could run this offense really well. Let's look into these guys. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think that, um, I think that part of the reason that the that I said the plan A, B, and C thing is because them if they did not make if they lost week seventeen or if they lost one more game if they were six and ten and they're picking tenth, then I think you can go straight to the draft and say we feel good that we'll be able to trade up or sit and get one of the top four guys. Mm-hmm. Being a nineteen, you can't do that now, mm-hmm. so you have to look at options before, and then the draft has to kind of be a backup plan. And you need a backup plan in case the draft doesn't work too. Yeah. So that's why I think that alters your plans where you say, all right, we're not going to just sign Jameis Winston and expect him to be our franchise quarterback. That doesn't make sense. Cam Newton, you know, he's another guy you could add to that list. We're still not going to sign Cam and just expect him to be our guy. Right. So I, yeah, I think that, um, I think that that is probably absolutely like happening. You know, if it hasn't already that it will, it will happen when these conversations take place. These are the guys that I'm interested in, Ron. And then Ron's going to say, well, these are the guys from those guys that I'm interested in. And then Kyle's going to say, well, these are the guys, you know. And I mm-hmm. think they're going to work together because I think it's a collaborative effort. And, um, I mean, we've seen their success this season bringing guys in. So you hope that they have that same level, of, even if it's not every other position, if it's just quarterback, find, have that level of success. And, uh, and, and, and just Ron, I think Ron knows how important franchise quarterback and middle linebacker are. He had Cam Newton, he had Luke Keekley. He knew how valuable, how critical it was, yeah. and how important it was for them to be on the same page, the head coach and the coordinator and the quarterback to be in tandem, to work together. And so he knows how critical it is. He knows that they're not going to be able to get over the hump without it. So I think that is priority number one. And I think Riverboat Ron, I think that mantra kind of exists off the field too. Maybe hmm. it didn't always. But I think it kind of exists still off the field. And last thing on this side, I mean, you look at uh, Ron, you know, they didn't, he didn't make any, I don't think he ever traded up when he was with the Panthers. I, I think I saw that somewhere that he never traded up. Wow. But, you know, you look at teams trading up and primarily why are they trading up? Primarily why, what position are they trading up for? Okay. And he got there day one and had the first pick. Never yeah. had to trade up for a quarterback. Yeah, right. That's true. You look at the Steelers, you know, you, there's certain talents that you trade up for really, you know, <laughs> but it's not, it's not like, not like quarterback, any other, you know? And so uh, I, I think that even though he's never done that, if they don't get it settled before the draft, I think they'll be willing to trade up in the draft if they have to, because I think they know how, I mean, as, as far as I think that it'll be a, as it plays out situation. Someone's at six now, and suddenly they say, well, we didn't expect them to last till six. Let's give them a call. See if they'll move back 15 or or 13 spots. We'll give them, you know, what's within reason. See if we can work out a deal. I think so, because they know how critical it is. Mm -hmm. And the draft is your, the draft is the last, last chance to do something. Right. Peterson just got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. I, <laughs> I said, now I said, uh, I, I was, what, a week early because I said after the stunt he pulled, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to wake up to it. So mm-hmm. just a week late. But um, I wonder if he's being, if he's the scapegoat. But yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really do say I, I think that they are going to be aggressive. That's where I, the riverboat Ron, I say off the field. I think that they will be willing to be aggressive within reason to get a quarterback because they like they know. And, and like I said, the draft is the last chance. All the trades and stuff will have happened. All the trades for the big quarterbacks, for the good quarterbacks, the, the guys in the league will have happened by then. Mm-hmm. So the draft is the last chance to uh, get somebody. So I think if they make it all the way up to the draft and they still don't love their quarterback room, I think they'll be aggressive. Yeah. And I'd love to see it. I think what we saw in Heineke is what Ron wants out of quarterback. Yeah. As far as character, personality, fight. Accuracy. Accuracy, yeah. (laughs) Mobility. On top. Work ethic. Yes. And I think whoever, whichever quarterback that is in the the draft, I think you'll see we'll get. Yeah. Uh, I I watched I'm watching Fields closely tonight. Yeah. I know he's a little banged up. I know he finished the last game a little banged up. So that was yeah. pretty cool seeing him fight through an injury. Fight, you know, and six touchdowns. Beautiful. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Throws. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look, the draft is just such a crapshoot. Um, you never know what's going to happen. And on top of that, and I kind of tweeted this out, but it was kind of tough to really say eloquently, I feel over Twitter, you know, in a 240-character limit. But you look at, you know, the potential moves that could be made in the offseason. Like, you look at maybe Wentz could be moved. Maybe Carr could be moved. Maybe Stafford could be moved. Maybe Garoppolo could be moved. Look at Winston. And, and you look at other free agents who become available. Maybe Darnold will be moved. Uh, maybe Roethlisberger will be moved. You know, maybe Watson will be moved. Maybe, like, you know, there's just so many guys that could be moved. And there's so many teams that are looking for a quarterback. And there's and there's they're they're all saying, well, there's so many teams looking for a quarterback and I get to the draft and there's going to be teams looking for a quarterback. I, maybe I should try to get settled before the draft because there's going to be competition. Maybe all these teams that would have waited for the draft are not willing to wait for the draft because of all these teams that could potentially be in play at the draft and a number of them fill up their spot before the draft. And so instead of going to the draft with 10 teams looking at quarterbacks, suddenly only five do because five of them may have moved before the draft because they were worried about the other five in the draft. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe we get to the draft and suddenly it's not this, 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 and this team are all in line to get quarterbacks, which you never know what teams are going to do. Maybe suddenly the competition is not as steep because a number of teams settled it before the draft because of how many moves will happen before the draft. All right. So I I don't know it's just it's uh it's that's why I think it's important to get somebody well respected a GM yeah yeah so they can um handle things properly yes and not get properly. not get um uh, bamboozled hoodwinked <laughs> for picks you know like like in previous years right right I agree man um yeah I yeah I think they're gonna be aggressive and I think they'll look free agency for wide receiver and linebacker help and then also in the draft. But I think that, uh, I mean, and you know, you can sign guys in free agency that can help and have success with that if you do it the right way. Right. No, just sign every big free agent. Now, I do want them to sign Allen Robinson. I would love that. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. If you manage yeah, to, be. you know, and I'm still a fan of looking draft, but if you were managed to make a trade, I think that, and then we can move on from this, but like a scenario where also take, We'll talk about this, but we need to each come up with our off-season plan of what we would do, and then we'll tweet them out. Um, what I would do, not what I would do, but if if we were to, if, you know, by March, whatever, um, by the time free agency starts, you have something like a trade for for a car or a Stafford. I mean, obviously a Watson would be phenomenal, but one of the top guys. 
and then you were in free agency, you sign an Allen Robinson, and then you sign maybe a Gerald Everett or a John New Smith at tight end. Then you go into the and if you if you're able to trade for one of those quarterbacks, not Watson, but the other two, maybe without giving up your first rounder, a couple seconds, second and third, something like that, go into the draft with your first rounder, and you've got a wide receiver and you've got a second tight end, get a third running back, get a linebacker, get another wide receiver. That's a pretty solid setup. And then on the flip side, I mean, if you, go ahead. you think about it. You think about it. If it happens like that, where we can get a Stafford without giving up, you know, one a first. That's if you can keep that first, oh my goodness! I mean, yeah, I agree. Maybe possibly you can get a Waddle. You know, get a Waddle. Or, uh, look, I love Chris Olave, <laughs> and I mean, I think that he'll be there in the second. But I mean, a Waddle. I mean, the wide receivers could slide. It's it's a deep it's a deep wide receiver yeah, class. Or or that middle linebacker from Notre Dame. I think that's from Notre uh, Dame. What's his name? Z, Z, Z something, right? There's a Z in there. I like, I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I that I think like if, we... <laughs> that if that if you're not going Watson or you're not looking in the draft, if you can get a legit veteran without giving up your one, so you can get a Stafford and look. I, I think people sleep on Derek Carr. I, I would, I would be fine with Derek Carr. Um, or and then if you got Watson and you gave it whatever it took, I'm fine with that too. So that would be phenomenal. Um, and then there was obviously a report about Watson saying he wanted to trade to the Dolphins. Honestly, from the Dolphins, I'm making that trade, giving up to uh, give the Texans their pick back. Like, it's fine, dude. You, you can have yeah. them. <laughs> um, yeah. But, all right, well, that's that's going to be the fun part of this offseason. And obviously a lot of that will be waiting around, and that part won't be fun. But but uh, it'll be fun just to, to anticipate and to kind of speculate. If you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. They are a minority-owned, veteran-owned small business, and they've brought Nashville-style hot chicken to the D.C. area. Their chicken sandwich is one of the best you'll ever have, and you can't get it anywhere else. Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Look them up. Try it out. You won't regret it. Uh, so let's just look back at the season kind of quickly and... Uh... And let's just kind of go game by game. This this season just evolved so much, man. Like it really, week one against the Eagles feels like years ago. <laughs> so let's start there, okay? Week one, down seventeen to nothing. Mm-hmm. Immediately, it seems like a disaster. Dwayne Haskins is your starting quarterback, and then out of halftime, resurgence, and you went twenty seven seventeen. Dwayne Haskins gave this speech that just fired everybody up, and you win. Mm-hmm. You sat Carson Wentz eight times. That was a great win. Yeah, it was. Um, and it's kind of crazy that, you know, week one, Dwayne was, like, giving speeches and leading comebacks. Because, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, that progressed very differently. Um, and the defensive line kind of made a statement to start off the season. And Carson Wentz hasn't been the same since. Nope, we haven't. And they lived up to expectations of what we really expected out of them. Right. Um, so that was encouraging as well. And uh, just seeing them fight back from 17-0, um, it just shows that was the theme all season, you know. Yeah, it was. It it, it did kind of set the tone. Yeah. Slow start, strong finish. Yeah. Resilience. Mm-hmm. Fight back. I'd prefer them to start strong and finish strong, but between the two, if I have to choose – I'd pick a slow start and a strong finish and a strong yes. start and a slow finish. Yes. Cause you know who, Same. you know, who's really good at those was the Falcons. Yeah. And they gave away a lot of those games at the end. <laughs> so I'd rather bl- give up a lead and then come back than, than get a lead and give it up. 
seemed like Jay Gruden gave up a lot of those too. Oh, he would always he was great at get those fourteen, you know, uh, yeah. those opening game scripts yeah. and getting up fourteen to nothing and then couldn't <laughs> score anymore. So, all right, uh, Cardinals game. This was the one where we went into week two saying, all right, well, now let's see what you're going to do week two. Mm-hmm. Cardinals seem like a legit contender for a number of weeks. Uh, you go into halftime, and it's 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 20 to zero. Uh, I mean, that was so that was the game where you started. The first game, Dwayne didn't play well, but he kind of did enough. Mm-hmm. The second half hit the throws that, you know, the easy stuff, the slants and whatnot. This was the game where you started to start to question Dwayne or question Scott Turner. Lots of people right. were – Scott Turner, which I think wasn't, you know, wasn't great, but Dwayne was not good in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also when the timeout drama started. Yeah. Where there was what, like six minutes left and we were down, right. uh, I think 27 to nine and he wasn't calling timeouts and everyone was up in arms. And I mean, yeah, that's fine. I guess if you want to be up in arms, I knew but that they weren't going to come back and win the game. So it didn't really matter to me. Right. <laughs> uh, that game for me was, yeah, we were figuring out if we we're a real deal or not. If we could get the Colin Murray, I remember that he killed us. Yeah. But now that I look back at it, I mean, I don't think they're that much better than us. Finish eight and eight. Yeah. They they were the opposite. Start strong, slow finish. Right. Right. And like I said, I'll, I'll take the antithesis of that. With obviously, I would prefer just neither. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was that was kind of a, a wake up call for the offense because they couldn't move at all. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't do anything, but I, I think that like, I think Scott played a hand in that, but I think that Dwayne played a bigger hand in that. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was, that was when you really started to see the struggles week three against Cleveland. All right. This was where we started to feel like early on where Dwayne Haskins was getting it. And then immediately, no, it was like his best and worst game because he was getting the ball downfield more delivering it accurately accurately a bit more but then the interceptions were a serious problem um and this was also when you started to see some immaturity issues from Dwayne Haskins where uh you know he was like I I wasn't staring guys down and it was like you watch it and you see him staring a guy down and I think he started like blocking people on like Twitter and it was I mean it was just a bad game for him um they could have won this game without those turnovers there's also I think there was five total uh, one was a fumble for halftime that didn't matter. Also, you started to see the cracks in the running game mm-hmm. for this defense, mm-hmm. right? Um, and early on, the defense, when the turnovers would happen, when teams would get short fields, they 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 would always give up touchdowns. Sure. So they were struggling there to kind of get their footing. Um, and this was the second game in a row the defense gave up 30 points. Yeah. Offensively, it was better, but... You know, and then also, I mean, you know, to 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 Haskins and the offense's credit, they did come back in this game, mm-hmm. twenty to seventeen. Uh, but then you had what I think two more interceptions after that yeah. that ultimately yeah. were the difference, or or maybe one more, one before halftime, and then one. So, yeah. But uh, this was another timeout game, if I'm not mistaken, too. Another, <laughs> another one of those. So this is when things were kind of starting to like the, the you get the one great win everyone's happy then two losses and then the timeouts and suddenly it's like uh, a Ron Rivera's trash right. you right. know or you, you fight to the end and it's I just again it was I was just the mindset like I sure but you know they're down fourteen with like four minutes left you know and they haven't it's so anyway the Ravens game was was a significant one. Uh, I mean, I thought that defensively, 
they started off i mean it was what you know they there was a fake punt or something in there that I remember where they got a stop, but then they faked a punt, I think, and then they went scored touchdown and got up twenty-one to ten, and that was a that was a big a key to that game. Yeah. They also they also um they were able to get to Dwayne Haskins a lot. I mean, he struggled, and on top of that, there was a lot of issues with protection. Um, and this was obviously a big game because this was the one where you know. Haskins quote unquote had his his had his best performance statistically most of those or or at least a at least a, the yards that led to him having the best game statistically happened once the game was over and then the issues with you know celebrating that in the locker room and then being benched um and looking back on it I'm 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 happy that he got benched after four games <laughs> you know like having seen him now come back and play play the two games and then and then everything that happened I'm glad he got benched after the four games because I think I we now know that it wouldn't have made a difference if he played more. Right. Yeah, that game we got bullied. <laughs> and then that was also the 4th and 13 that everybody yeah. was really hating on Ron for. Yeah. Which was kind of weird but like he was I mean, clearly... see, I mean, I, I like I don't I don't cuz it was like a test within a test for Dwayne, you know, like it was situational awareness, football IQ, yeah. Yeah. like, are you he able to, him. he was testing it and like, he failed. Big time. Big time. Um, So, yeah, that was a big game. So then you come out with the Rams and the Rams game was just terrible. I don't, I don't really need to say much about it. They're just terrible. The Rams game was, was a nightmare scenario. I didn't actually watch most of that game. I was celebrating my wife's birthday and it was the perfect game to be celebrating my wife's birthday. We were at this nice big mansion that had a private pool. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad that I did not watch this game. They had like two yards in the second half or something like that or two Man. passing yards. Um, well, but that was the go ahead. The thing, the thing with that one is you look at those, those three games, they're against teams that are all in the divisional round in the playoffs too. So. Right. Right. That is true. And those were, that was, that was undoubtedly, we didn't know it at the time, but the toughest stretch of the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the defense really struggled against the Rams again. I mean, they really, they gave up, I think five plays of like 40 more, 40 or mm-hmm. more yards. The offensive line gave up eight or 10 sacks. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with Alex Smith who, you know, you, he that was when he came back and that was, that was a big, deal obviously uh his first you know or one of it like his first couple snaps was when Aaron Donald is on his back but uh eight sacks and a lot of that was just Alex who was just not you know ready to be back out there now you go to the Giants game this is when the season starts to turn a bit you got out of your toughest stretch again like you said the Cardinals were rolling at the time the Browns Ravens Rams are all in the division around the playoffs all um what 10 or 11 win teams mm-hmm. this first Giants game you're one in five and at this point we're thinking Trevor Lawrence right okay. Kyle Allen throws his interception has his fumble leads a comeback and then they go for two which was the probably the last big question mark that people had for Ron the mm-hmm. timeouts the fourth and 13 the benching of Dwayne and then the going for two was just combined with the losing was just a lot for people to handle but you know, and then and the fact that the Giants were zero and five at the time, but, um, but it was still a turning point I think for the season. You know, starting to turn things around. <clears throat> then the next week against the Cowboys, twenty five to three, was a real turning point for the season. That was a fun game. 
Yeah, that was really fun. Uh, that Giants game. I think I love Ron comments and saying she's trying to teach the team how to win and it's not just going to come naturally. You're going to have to teach them. Right. And that was the first step of showing them that, you know, he trusted him, he believed in them. And although they didn't capitalize, I think it helped later on down the road oh, right, where they right. were beating these, you know, yeah. and then that Cowboys game, they just went out and balled. I think that was after the bye week, that New York was, bye week, yeah. and then Cowboys. Let me see. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, uh, the bye week was the week after the Cowboys game. Okay. So going into the bye week, that was a huge win for, for us, um, yeah. especially beating the Cowboys, you know. Yes, exactly. And, and they um, were banged up, and it was it was still, it was was still nice to see them dominate a team that was yeah. really struggling at the time. Yeah, that was Antonio Gibson coming out. Antonio Gibson's coming out party for the most part. Yeah, it was. It was um, the first Cowboys game. Yeah, he had a – so the first one was his first, and then the second one was the second. Um, so after the Cowboys game, we went back to the Giants, and that second loss to the Giants was – uh, uh <laughs> it was just the turnovers, man. Uh, Kyle Allen, that was when Kyle Allen got hurt, which was really deflating for me, I remember. Because once Dwayne Haskins got benched and Kyle Allen came in, we were starting then to evaluate Kyle Allen. Like, we kind of right. know he's not, but let's just see. Mm-hmm. Let's just find out. Then he got hurt, and it was just like, okay, we're, we're doomed, you know? <laughs> Alex Smith comes in. He actually he plays infinitely better, but just the turnovers, three interceptions, yeah you know one before halftime in scoring position two in scoring the position fumble. at the end of the game and the fumble and so that game was really i mean now you point to the giants game and the the browns game that you've really lost largely because of turnovers you get five turnovers in each game um especially the second giants game which you lost by a field goal i think there was a missed field goal in that game too i'm gonna just yeah. assume there was a missed yeah, field goal sure in, in every game but um so let me let me let me double check on that. I don't want to, uh, <laughs> but that was a uh, that was a tough one to come off of the Cowboys win, mm-hmm. come out of the bye, had the first fumble, uh, the fumble the first play by Gibson, and then yeah. um, there was no missed field goal in that Giants game. So okay, don't want to don't want to give Hopkins less credit. <laughs> so then the Giants game is lost, and you go to the Lions game. And Alex Smith, again, it's a super slow start with just a crazy finish. And he threw for 395 yards. And and you had a chance at the end to, or to really, it should have gone to overtime. Um, but at this point, you know, now it's Alex. Threw for 390 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, 390 yards. That was the Chase Young penalty win. Yes. Yep. That was the Chase yeah. Young uh, roughing. Yeah. Where say what you want, but he shouldn't have touched him. No, he shouldn't. He, he shouldn't. Him. He was frustrated. Yeah. He shouldn't have touched him defensively. Just a bad game. Um. Again, the best quarterback they played this past week, Tampa. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford was the last really good one. They scored mm-hmm. a touchdown. The 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 Antonio Brown touchdown against Tampa was the I think Marvin Jones touchdown against the Lions. Cover two invert a vertical route. Um, oh, yeah. outside, on the outside and to me that's just I maybe I'm crazy but it, it's it's really tough for that corner especially if there's a seam route mm-hmm. uh, cover two invert is where instead of the safeties being the two half field defenders it would be the outside cornerbacks you know it can vary but the outside cornerbacks going from their outside position all the way up to the to the middle half and um, to confuse the quarterback but we're playing against Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady and, and they have a, ver- a vertical route on the outside and a seam up the middle. And now you've got two receivers heading at one guy and the one guy is heading inside already. So he's playing the inside route. And then you've got the guy on the outside wide open. So what happened on both games, 
two good quarterbacks. And, and instead of confusing them, you make it easier than ever. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was the last really bad game for the defense. Uh, but the best game for the offense, you know, to this point, Alex Smith. <laughs> so then the Bengals game. Now they're two and seven. And tell you, the Bengals game was the most boring game of the season. At that point, yeah. when they were two and seven, I was all in on quarterback. Like Dwayne yeah. Haskins is the best. Kyle Allen is hurt. Alex Smith looks okay. He can he can be the bridge. But we need a quarterback. We're two and seven. Season's over. Mm-hmm. They come out and they beat the Bengals. Who knows what would have happened if Joe Burrow hadn't got hurt? Yeah. Yeah. I wish he hadn't gotten hurt. Yeah. Um, who knows what would have happened? It wouldn't have been twenty to nine. Nope. But um, but that was when that was when you started your four game win streak. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was not a convincing win. It was a boring game. Uh, the, that was Chase Young's hit on Joe Burrow, which was just crazy. The fumble yeah. to goal line, phenomenal play. Stop him from scoring. Yes. Iconic play. Yes. But you felt like in the first half, the defense was not really playing too well because they had that play on the goal line or, the, you know, they all they had what, four? They were moving the ball. The Bengals were moving the ball easily <laughs> up down the field. On the flip side, the defense held them nine points. You got to give them credit for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. We talk about it all the time. Ben, don't break. Mm-hmm. So that was the first of the four-game win streak when your season really starts turning around 20-9. to nine. Also, when you go back well, – no, no, the next game, the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Now, that was, was maybe the best game of the year. Yeah. Out of the Steelers. That was fun, man. That was so fun. The Terry oh, McLaurin man. chase down. <sighs> Gibson break in for the two touchdowns. The Logan Tom- – that was when Scott Turner was fully in his bag yeah. with the play calling, <laughs> the Logan Thomas throw, the yeah. the fumble ruski without the fumble. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just phenomenal. And then the Cowboys, just the questionable decisions to go for it. Mm-hmm. The first time they went for it, which was okay, but threw a, like a seven, eight-yard hitch route to yeah. their rookie receiver – and then the second time, I, I I don't know. It was it was Mike McCarthy's worst on display and Washington's best yeah, against the Cowboys, sure. which was for sure. just fun. The Terry McLaurin chase down was was a really really it it again mm-hmm. spoke to the team the mentality the resilience they're not mm-hmm. fighting they score there and I think they tied the game up instead of sixteen to twenty it's twenty to twenty. All right, that could change everything. Yeah. But they took over towards the end. Steelers was the statement game of the season. Mm-hmm. especially to be down 14 nothing and come back that was crazy yeah. Steelers first obviously prime game. first primetime game um Steelers not you know the same team as we saw yesterday but they were still at the time undefeated they were still mm-hmm. a better team than Washington yep. Washington did not play a perfect game they made plenty of nope. mistakes but they still managed to pull it off to come back and win that game and it was on the road on the road right exactly mm-hmm. so that was a big statement win I know that one meant so much to the players yeah to for do sure. that and and they they deserve that one and for Ron Rivera and then they have the 49ers game that was the defense's like real that was a party the two touchdowns mm-hmm. um that was obviously when Alex Smith got hurt though or got hurt at some point but in that game was hurt and that was yeah, yeah. a big problem all game yeah he was terrible Dwayne Haskins came in he was bad nearly gave the game away in my opinion um but that was the one you just kind of needed to win and you pulled it off mm-hmm. because the defense just took over the game mm-hmm. against the backup quarterback like you think they should have. Mm-hmm. Missing lots of starters, and they dominated. Mm-hmm. Seahawks game. Uh, the return have, of Dwayne. The return of Dwayne, the return of the losing. Right? Yep. I mean, I'm yep. just, I'm sorry, but that's what it, that's what it was. Losing. He just brings losing. Alex brings, lo- Alex brings winning. That, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you had the two the two ugly interceptions that yeah. were a, you know made a big difference. <laughs> the defense... The defense struggled 
against the run game. They gave up the 50-yard touchdown, but they gave up only 20 points. Right. In my mind, as a defense, if you're giving up 20 points, we should really have a good chance to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Offensively, just Dwayne Haskins really struggled. Uh, the two turnovers. And then at the end of the game, he kind of got it going in the second half, right? But then at the end, he, st- he there was pressure. And again, there was pressure. The offensive line did fail him on that last drive, but a better quarterback is either able to avoid the pressure, make a play, or get the ball out before the pressure arrives. And on both of those plays, Haskins had an opportunity to get the ball out and did it. And the question for me then is, he's got Logan Thomas right in front of his face. You shouldn't have this much pressure, but if the pressure's not there still, what are you doing? Regardless, now let's take the pressure out of the equation. You should be throwing this ball now. You're looking at him, and he's open. You should be throwing the ball. Um, Go to the Panthers game, and that was the last draw. Also, the the... Seahawks game was the night of the stripper party, right? Yeah. So the loss, yeah. the two interceptions, and then that yeah. the Panthers game where you had, kind of had to play him. You, obviously, at the time, Heineke, you did not know he could come out and play the way he did. Mm-hmm. And that was the end for Dwayne. I mean, just mm-hmm. some of the worst quarterback play we've seen right. in a while, honestly. I was about to just say Heineke would have lit that defense up, but he did, you know. Yeah. I mean, he really that, did. Yeah. That's um, the thing. He was sitting there, you know, in the pocket. And they didn't blitz at all. You know, Carolina just did their little three-down linemen, three they, linebackers. They didn't. And he struggled. He had time. He had plenty of time. The, and it felt like the more time he had, the more he struggled. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also thought Scott Turner got away from the run too early in that game because, again, with the three-down, mm-hmm. even being down, I still think could have run the ball. Heineke could have let it come back. He had a couple of drops. But, um, again, those two games are easily won, in my opinion, with mm-hmm. – with, with even solid quarterback play, not even right. great or good. Right. And then the Eagles game was kind of a joke, you know, like you won. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we heard, Doug Peterson just got fired. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. weird, man. I was, I've never seen anything like that. Washington needed to win that game. And you would have liked to see them come out stronger against an Eagles team with so many guys out that was trying to give it away, but they came out stronger against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the Eagles game was definitely a joke. Uh, and then, and and uh, Alex Alex was back in that game, and and that was when you could really see it, Alex already cannot it, like since his leg injury, the, the obviously the the one that took him out for mm-hmm. these couple seasons, uh, he already he, that his hundred percent doesn't exist anymore. Got to lower it to like seventy. Mm-hmm. So now 100% for him is still only 70% of yeah. what it used to be. And yeah. then if you take any off of that, now we're down to like 40%. Mm-hmm. And so if he can't move and if he can't throw the ball, like it's just so in that Eagles game that started that 49ers game, he's playing at like 40% really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the Bucks game, we, we talked about, but, you know, they battled, they had a chance. And so it was an up and down season, Tay. I keep saying this. It was that boring. I'm thankful for that. Yeah, there was intrigue. They were in position for a top five pick and a division title at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I I'm gonna be optimistic and 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 say they'll build off of this, get a quarterback. If they had lost to the Eagles either week one or week seventeen, or and the Bengals, they had lost those two games. Instead of being in the division title, now picking nineteenth, they'd be picking fifth. Mm. Um, which is just kind of interesting to me. I kind of always yeah. like to know that sort of thing. And obviously in position for a top quarterback, but I think they can get that settled still with where they're at and build. And so what I want to say now 
and this is my last thing I'll touch on, is that the precedent has been set, right? This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. And we were expecting another early pick, get a quarterback, move on, maybe 5-11. and 11. Now that you've gone 7-9 and nine and you clearly could have improved 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, uh, you can't go 7-9 and nine again next year. That's a failure next year. Mm-hmm. You have to improve next year. I think anything less than 9-7, and seven, competing for a wild card spot or the division title going to the last quarter of the season is a failure next year. Another 1-5, 2-7 start next year is a failure. So mm-hmm. now that the precedent has been set, um, they went to the playoffs this year. If they miss the playoffs next year, if they go nine and seven and miss the playoffs, it's not really a failure. Mm-hmm. Right? This was seven and nine shouldn't get you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if they go like six and 10 next year, then suddenly the year three becomes what well, we have to win. Mm-hmm. But if you make it next year, even the nine and seven, 10 and six, then, you know, we're good. You know, like we're solid. Then if year three, you take a bit of a dip, it's like, okay, let's come. But I just, I would have rather this year be the winning instead of going into year three saying we really got to win. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this is, um, I don't think we'll go back. Uh, you, you, you look at seven and nine without a quarterback and, um, you place a quarterback in there, you usually get four or four or five more wins. So I don't see that. I don't see us digressing. And now that Penderson's gone, Ron is is definitely the best coach in the division now. I mean, without a doubt, I thought he was already, but now I, I believe now that we're the standard of the NFC East and I have no. Now that's a good point, Tay. But I NFC know, East, um, yeah, it yeah. Uh, is it sh- it like the Cowboys with Dak coming back would be the only team where you'd say maybe they could come back and be strong, but they still have Mike McCarthy. But the mm-hmm. Eagles, especially if they trade Wentz and the Giants with Daniel Jones, who threw for eleven touchdowns this year, mm-hmm. who I hope they roll with next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you would think like the division is up for grabs, basically. Like yeah. if you get a quarterback, no, I don't think it's up for grabs. I think it's, I think it's ours. Oh, you think it's our? Oh yeah. man, okay, <laughs> it's Washington's. I think I think, and that's what Ron wanted to instill was that winning culture, and we won the division. And you heard what he said. Now we have to go defend our our title, and I think they're going to take yeah. and embrace that of defending it. Okay, next year. Now I think um, it'll be us and the Cowboys wild card. It should division be division winner, and it should be, and um, and I and like I said. The Cowboys with Dak Prescott, so Washington has to get their quarterback. Uh, and I mean, like, if I mean, if just the most phenomenal thing, obviously, would be if you manage to, if if some, if in in just this out of the world scenario, but if you manage to acquire uh, Deshaun Watson, and then you were to trade for, I'm not trade, sign an Allen Robinson, get tight end, get a linebacker, suddenly, yeah, like you're a Super Bowl contender at that point mm-hmm. in my mind, mm-hmm. at least winning the division. But mm-hmm. even if you don't do that, just just get a good starting quarterback, get a good, a good, uh, like not, I'm not going to say above average. That's not a strong enough word. I need a good Mm -hmm. to very good quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think he's out there. And um, let's look at the 2021 opponents, which are people don't know this opponents are settled. Uh, 14 out of 16 opponents are settled like years in advance. Um, But now that they are officially won the division, everything. So home, obviously NFC East, then they play the saints, at home, which at home is, is much better than away. The Bucks again, the Chiefs at home, and then the Chargers and the Seahawks. I'll tell you what, the Seahawks and, and, and Chiefs and Saints games look tough 
well, the Saints are losing Drew Brees, so it'll be interesting to see if they do a quarterback. But especially the Seahawks and the Chiefs. But being in D.C. instead of in Kansas City and Seattle, I think, makes a big difference. Yeah, huge. Um, and then away are, again, NFC East. And then Panthers, Falcons, Raiders, Broncos, Packers. And so you look at it, and I mean, look, dude, I'm not going to say they can't win any of these games if they mm-hmm. get that quarterback position settled. Mm-hmm. The toughest are the are the Packers and the Chiefs in my book. Yeah. The Packers, Chiefs, Seahawks, and Bucks are the toughest. Mm-hmm. And I think you could win those. Yeah. But you can't look at the schedule and say you can't improve. Mm-hmm. Quarterback. Right. Um, and then you're going to add one game in there, too, because it's 17 this year, right? I think 17 is 2022, and I don't know if it's settled, though. Okay. But I, I'm not positive that. I'm not positive. I'm not positive on it, and I'm, and I'm not even entirely positive that they've settled on it. Mm-hmm. But I think COVID may have pushed it back. Okay. Um, so yeah. But yeah, man. It was a fun year. Uh, and this was just the first year that we've been doing this, and it was a it was a fun, great year to be doing it. And so uh we'll see what people, you know, kind of ask people what they would like to see us talk about yeah. over the off season. Obviously, we have stuff in mind, but get people's take on that and um yeah, man. Off season, right. here we come. <laughs> right. Thank you all again for, for tuning in to us yes. and yes, thank you for uh, listening. Throughout this the season, is our favorite time, the off season. So. Yeah, um, I got I got to show you this. I'm not sure if you saw, but Matthew, uh, looks like I don't. It, it's L A U X. This is his last name. Is that like French? It seems French. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce Lua, your last Lua. name. I'm sorry if you listen to this, but Matthew reached out and um, just said, just want to thank you so much for the breakdowns all season. Been a huge help in furthering my knowledge of the game. And so it's just cool to have people reach out and, and just, you know, that they're they're listening and they're watching and they're enjoying it. So thank you. If you are, we'd love to hear from you, love to connect with you. And yeah, on to year two. Uh, this is, I would say, the most critical offseason in a very long time around here. So I agree. And um, let's do it. We're, we're so close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is all right. Let's do it. This is Todd. This is Tay. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.